Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, this is Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Barely a day after a gunman killed 10 people at a Buffalo, New York grocery store in a predominantly black neighborhood, another gunman at a church in Laguna Woods, California, where an event for a Taiwanese congregation was being held, killed one person and injured several others. Orange County Representative Katie Porter said this should not be our new normal. And yet these incidents and their impacts feel all too familiar communities of color feeling unspeakable grief and terror. We learn more about the hate-filled ideology, or so-called replacement theory, being mentioned in the wake of the Buffalo Massacre, after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. And a big welcome to the newest member of our Forum listening family, KCRW in Santa Monica. The team is really excited to be part of KCRW's lineup. And for me personally, it's pretty amazing to be on a station I listened to growing up in Southern California and still listen to when I visit my mom and sister. But like many of you, the back-to-back shootings this weekend in Buffalo, New York and Laguna Woods here make it hard to celebrate good news. And we had a very different show planned. But Californians are again shocked and grieving. Yesterday, a gunman killed one person and critically injured four others at an Orange County church banquet of largely Taiwanese seniors. Authorities said the churchgoers showed incredible bravery as they managed to subdue the gunman and prevent more deaths. And then barely a day before, a gunman in Buffalo, New York, shot 13 people at a grocery store, killing 10. Almost all the victims were black including a grandmother, a security guard, and a father picking up a birthday cake. The gunman espoused replacement theory in a racist screed. In this hour, we're looking at how that theory is expressed and acted on. And we also want to hear from you. Have you encountered it and how? You can reach us at 866-733-6786 by emailing us, forum at kqed.org, or finding us on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. We're at KQED Forum. And let me tell you who's joining us now. Wajahat Ali is the author of Go Back to Where You Came From, who wrote a piece for the Daily Beast titled, Republicans Must Answer for Great Replacement Theory Violence. Welcome back, Wajahat. Thank you so much for having me. 
Glad to have you. Also, Otis R. Taylor Jr. is with us. Otis is the supervising senior editor of Race and Equity here at KQED. Really appreciate you being here with us too, Otis. Uh, Thank you, Mina. So, Watch Out, I'm going to start with you. You have written a lot about great, great replacement theory, and the term is popping up everywhere in the wake of the Buffalo shooting. What is it exactly? The replacement theory is a conspiracy theory that has emerged from the fetid swamps of neo-Nazis and white supremacists. And it's nothing new, it's a remake, which says that the Jews are the head of an international cabal that is using black folks, brown folks, and immigrants to replace and weaken Western civilization. Western civilization is doing a lot of heavy lifting for white people. The reason why they say that it's Jews is because they don't think it's possible that black and brown folks have the intellectual capacity to actually orchestrate this plan. So this is where anti-Semitism comes in. They say, aha, it has to be the Jews. See, it's the Jews or their masterminds are doing it. And they're doing it by weakening us. They're using feminism. They're using CRT. They're using LGBTQ+. They're using DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And all of this is not for equality. It's to weaken the white race and the white man who should be at the top. And the reason why I say white man in particular is there an, there's a misogynist angle in here, which is often missed, is that they believe there's a natural order. And in the natural mm. order, white straight men are at the top. Patriarchy, patriarchy is at the top. So that's why they're also extremely threatened by women. And also they're threatened by LGBTQ plus communities. And finally, since they're the victims, since these forces are against them, Violence is the only way for them to save their people and their children. That's the key thing here. They think they're the victims and the heroes saving their race from extinction. It's called a theory, replacement theory. But what we're seeing is that it's morphed into an ideology, Wajahat. It's always been an ideology, right? It's one of those things that have was existed once on the fringe. It's always been here. And when I say it's always been here, you just have to be a student of American history. If you go back, if you watch uh, Birth of a Nation, and I would always recommend Birth of the Nation as one of the five movies that I would give an alien to understand America. This was 1915, and this movie was the, the avatar of its day, the, the Avengers Endgame. And it, and it showed how the poor whites of the South were the victims once blacks were given equality. And then, you know, the poor whites have to become the members of the KKK and inflict violence among black people to save white women. And literally the movie was so popular that inspired the the resurgence of the KKK, a terrorist organization. And so it's the same thing. We're being replaced. And so it's the same theory that has always existed for 400 years in America. Those who are in power, especially white men, are being threatened. It's a zero-sum game. So anytime you see a movement towards equality, you, you see these forces try to violently choke hold us two steps back because they believe that equality is a zero-sum game. When you're in power, equality looks like oppression. However, this particular theory, as it's been manifested and has evolved, has existed on the fringes. What's terrifying now is that a literal white supremacist conspiracy theory that once existed only on the fringes and was not articulated except through dog whistles is now literally, and I'm using the word literally as it's meant to be used, is being promoted by the GOP, elected officials like Elise Stefanik, the number three ranking Republican, and nightly on Tucker Carlson's highest rated show where white nationalists have openly said, Tucker Carlson is our guy. He says everything that we want to say. And voila, white supremacist talking points are mainstreamed and are radicalizing individuals to commit violence. 
this is where we're at in 2022 America. Yeah. And I definitely want to dig into more of how it's disseminated and how it's being mainstreamed, as you say. But Otis, I'm hearing a lot of echoes in what Wajahat is saying of things that you have said about progress being met with backlash. And also, I know that you have been working on analyzing that backlash and also on how extremism in California is rearing its ugly head. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, Just this morning, my colleagues Alex Hall and Julie Small released a story about two extremists that plotted to blow up a Sacramento building, actually this Democratic headquarters. Now, the language that they used, you know, attacking Jewish people, George Soros, and also uh, using slurs against Asian people and black people is consistent with this ideology that has infected white men, um, not just in the last few years, but throughout history um, to act out. um, And as was said, that once there is progress, there is this backlash. But California isn't immune, Mina. Uh, we have this idea that California is this progressive state, this state that wants to be a sanctuary for abortion, that wants to be uh, this place where uh, the conversation about reparations was first had on a statewide level. But California, since its inception, has been adversarial against people of color, particularly Asian people and black people. So when we see what happens in Buffalo, we can't think that that can't happen here because it's already happening here. The Southern Poverty Law Center has identified more than 40 extremist groups in California, including multiple militias. What that tells me is that this this idea that uh, was once on the fringe is mainstream and it's crisscrossing the country and more and more people will be impacted by that violence. And just to underscore that it's in California, one of the killings that's being brought up it was the attack on the synagogue in Poway uh, and how the gunman there also posted this racist creed full of anti-Semitic and racist statements and, and espousing ideas around Replacement theory, Wajahat, about the European race needing to be protected. I mean, we see it here. We've seen it in Charlottesville. We've seen it in Charleston. We've seen it in El Paso when the shooter also posted a racist rant and drove to a a Walmart there Mm -hmm. and killed 23 people who were Latinx. I mean, this is at a point where people are feeling incredibly inundated, uh, Wajahat. Well, what people need to realize and... And I said this just recently to someone is oftentimes we live in our own silos and we say, you know, we're overwhelmed. There's a pandemic, there's climate change, there's income inequality, there's student loan debt. My Internet isn't working. My wife, my kids. Oh, that's just a black person issue. Uh, that's a Jewish person issue. Uh, that's just the Asian-American issue. Uh, that's just a Muslim issue. If you've been paying attention just to this week you realize that this threat, and if I may use a pop cultural analogy, this is Thanos. White supremacy is Thanos. And it's coming after all of us. Like you mentioned, this replacement theory has been the radicalizing ideology that has inspired a hate monger to go and kill Jews. Then a few months later in New Zealand, he killed Muslims. And that led to the copycat killer in El Paso. And he killed 
Hispanics because he saw them as the quote unquote invaders. And now we just saw in Buffalo, he killed black people and he saw them as the uh, invaders and they all copycat each other. Another group that also gets attacked, and this is important for people to know, are white people. White people who do not ascribe to this ideology or white people who are allies are seen as race traitors. And in American history, they're also seen as targets and they were also killed and they were also shot. So if you think that you're white or if you identify as white and you think that these forces are not coming after you, you're not paying attention and you're not a student of U.S. history. If you think you're a model minority and you live in the suburbs and you're the good minority and they're not going to chase you, you're not paying attention to history. This is a national security threat, is the number one domestic terror threat in America. What we're witnessing very quickly, and I kind of give you an analogy about this, is the death rattle of white supremacy has led to a death march, meaning that they feel that just because they're losing some numbers, they're going to be, quote unquote, replaced. And as such, this has inspired now a resurgence, a globalized network. This is global terrorism against people of color, immigrants, and anyone they see as a threat to their vision. That's so many, why we, it's, it takes all of us. It's so in take many ways, us. as I'm asking Otis about California, right? What you're saying is regional differences really don't matter, especially given the fact that so much of this is on our global internet. Is that what you're saying, Waj? Well, yeah, exactly. I'll give you a very quick example. This, gen- this terrorist who shot and killed 10 people in Buffalo, New York, was inspired by a terrorist who shot and killed more than 50 Muslims in Christchurch, New Zealand. That terrorist, Brenton Tarrant, was inspired by Anders Breivik, who killed more than 80 people in Norway. This is an international, globalized network of hate that is radicalizing individuals to commit terror against people of color. It is an international terrorist network. In the wake of a weekend with multiple mass shootings, we're talking with Wajahat Ali, author of Go Back to Where You Came From, and Otis Taylor, supervising senior editor of Race and Equity at KQED. We're talking about how the expression of hate in ideology leads to these deadly consequences. And right after the break, we'll talk more about what we mean by that, how these messages are spread. And we want to hear from you. We want to know if you've encountered this replacement ideology in some way or felt subject to it and how you felt or responded. We want to know what questions or reactions you have for our guests or to this weekend's events. You can email us, forum at kqed.org, post on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, or call us, 866-733-6786. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. 
Welcome back to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Here's what we're talking about tomorrow. We'll talk to the people who are part of the new U.S. season of the Netflix series Love on the Spectrum, premiering this week. Finding a compatible romantic partner can be hard, but all the more so for autistic people navigating the complicated social norms of dating. Are you or a loved one on the spectrum with dating stories you'd like to share? You can always leave a voicemail ahead of the show at 415-553-3300 or by emailing us forum at kqed.org. Today, we're talking about replacement theory and how the ideology is based on white supremacy and fuels hate speech with writer Wajahat Ali and KQED senior editor Otis Taylor Jr. who are with us today. And Otis, you have been dismayed at the extent to which this has proliferated, how little has been done on platforms. Of course. Um, Just to underscore how much a problem this is, the U.S. Department of Justice uh, launched a unit in January to investigate domestic terrorism. This problem has been able to proliferate because of the easy access to uh, connecting with people through social media or social platforms. Take example what happened in Buffalo. It was live streamed. That is intentional not only to spread fear, but also to encourage others to participate in these kinds of acts of uh, meditated violence. And of course, the platform Twitch says, oh, we took it down within two minutes. Um, That video is readily accessible on any number of of platforms right now. We, I believe, have to be intentional about our speech as journalists and labeling what this is. And at the start of our, this is about white fear And what happens when that fear reaches a boiling point, people act out and there's people who will pay the consequences of that fear. In fact, we have uh, an entire party that is based on how can we escalate that fear? How can we tap in that fear so we can win elections? Not to help people, but just to spread more fear. So let's talk about that proliferation, uh, Wajahat. And Otis is bringing up, of course, the fact that you are seeing the GOP needs needs to take responsibility for this. And in fact, uh, Liz Cheney said that the House Jewish GOP leadership has enabled white nationalism, white supremacy, and anti-Semitism. History has taught us that what begins with words ends in far worse. So this is Liz Cheney, a GOP leader, saying this and also tweeting that GOP leaders must renounce and reject these views and those who hold them. So explain why, Wajahat, that the GOP needs to take responsibility as well, in your view. I mean, don't take my word for it. Listen to Liz Cheney. He used to be the number three ranking Republican and it's no moderate. is very far <laughs> right, voted with Donald Trump 93% of the time. She's finally, finally, finally taking uh, ownership over uh, what the GOP and the right-wing movement has 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 been doing for more than 50 years through the su- Southern strategy, which has been using these racist dog whistles to try to do a divide-and-conquer tactic between white workers and Black and Latino and Asian workers, right? That has trying to stoke, um, like Otis was saying, this racial anxiety and cultural anxiety, trying to terrify them that they're being replaced by the Mexican laborers or the Muslims or the Asian Americans who spell really well. They're the ones taking your job. It's what we saw Donald Trump do uh, with this just open bigotry, right? Uh, we need a Muslim ban and we the invaders are coming. And right when he said that the invaders are coming and right before the midterm election, that same language 
That same language was used by Robert Bowers as rationalization to attack the Tree of Life synagogue and kill 11 people. Now, why do I say the Republican Party is responsible? Because even though this Buffalo terrorist um, you know, was not handed a gun by Tucker Carlson, Tucker Carlson and Lee Stefanik and GOP leaders in the right-wing ecosystem nonetheless dipped the bullets in the same ideological poison. They emerged from the same ideological infrastructure. What is, exists now on the 4chan channels is the exact same talking point that happens every day on Tucker Carlson's show, which then gets repeated by Republican leaders to the point where GOP leader Elise Stefanik, even after she knew the replacement theory had radicalized people like Robert Bowers and Tree of Life, the Christchurch killer, El Paso killer, last year on her own, she decided to take out Facebook ads promoting the replacement theory. She decided to take out Facebook ads promoting a white supremacist theory that has radicalized terrorists. So how can you be surprised when the number one cable news show, Tucker Carlson show on Fox, that repeats these points on a daily basis where white supremacists literally say he's our guy. He's saying everything we want to say. Now, this is influencing individuals. Also, I'll take it one step further. QAnon, which is a national security threat, according to the FBI, with the power of radicalizing individuals and groups, was once fringe. Last year was fringe. Guess what? Now it's mainstream. How did it get mainstream? Well, you have people like Elise Stefanik literally a few days ago using QAnon language to smear all Democratic opponents as pedogrifters. And now we're at a point where the replacement theory that was fringe is believed by nearly 50% of Republican voters. The end result is the following, and this is why it's so important. It's that it's not that, oh, both sides are extreme. Oh, they believe some terrible things. This is inspiring radicals to commit violence against communities. And they emerge from the same ideolo ideological infrastructure of Tucker Carlson, right wing, uh, right wing media, and the Republicans. So if you can't even condemn the replacement theory, if you can't even condemn a white supremacist conspiracy theory, then what did that say about your party? And here we are, and they still haven't condemned it. And the poll this you're the citing, the poll you're citing is the AP poll uh, that also found that one in three Americans overall uh, believe in tenets of replacement theory. That's what that poll, mm -hmm. fa poll found. Yep. And as you said, nearly 50% of Republicans. It sounds like Robert agrees with you. Robert writes, when we are categorizing extremist groups with the greatest region influence, the Republican Party has to be at the top. But I want to dig in a little bit in terms of how how it is expressed on TV. Tucker is on broadcast TV. So what's different about the way this speech is presented on TV versus what we were just discussing about the internet and within the internet? What have you noticed, Otis? Right. So white supremacists used to have hoods and robes designed for them. Now they wear designer clothes, designer suits. They no longer need to wear a mask. And in fact, white supremacists are against masking, vaccines, even during a global pandemic that has killed one million Americans. America first and make America great have nothing to do with the citizens of this country. It is about promoting ideology. So when you watch Tucker Carlson, it is, hey, I'm just questioning this. This is what a good journalist does. And the fact that I'm questioning this, does that make me a racist? 
He almost makes a mockery of anyone who wants to express a desire to help people of color that have long been marginalized and oppressed in this country. In fact, the uh, there's the culture war brewing in uh, this race to get the Republican nomination of who can be the most racist, who can be the most anti-woke. And Tucker Carlson is the show where if you claim that the 700 um, people who were charged for um, the insurrection, if you claim that that was more than a, uh, a peaceful, patriotic protest, then you are being woke. You are also um, claiming that these white people are racist. And he flips it on its head um but this is this is no mistake here. This is nothing that's different. This is what the Republican Party has always been about messaging, about being pro-life, about, you know, securing our borders because the coded language there is they're coming for your jobs. They're coming for your family. They're coming for our white women. They're coming to sell you drugs. And Tucker Carlson has um, he's benefited from that because his audience is largely white. Well, Wajahat, here's how how Republican leaders, for example, respond to and and I'm assuming Tucker, uh, but I have not read recently how he's responding to people talking about him basically you know, purporting this ideology on his show repeatedly uh, is playing a role in legitimizing it and inspiring these kinds of attacks. But say, for example, the New York Times had a piece where uh, they they reached out to Newt Gingrich, who had declared that leftists were attempting to drown out, quote, classic mm. Americans. Mm. And Gingrich's response was that he was opposed to all anti-Semitism as well as white racist violence in Buffalo. And that replacement theory was insane. And then a response they got from a staffer for Elise Stefanik was that, you know, it is sickening and false reporting that the congresswoman has ever advocated for any racist position mm -hmm. or made a racist statement. So unpack that for us. Uh, I've never met a racist in America. Nobody in the history of America is a racist. Have you noticed that? <laughs> it, no one's racist. I've never met anyone. Even the KKK weren't racist. When you ask the KKK, they said, we're not racist. We're just trying to defend the white race. We're just trying to defend the white people. That's all. We're fine with black people if they just go to their own countries. Um, and in fact, I've never ever, like, like encountering a racist is like finding Bigfoot. It's impossible. And yet somehow, magically, racism proliferates. And so there's a couple of tactics that the right wing does. Uh, Otis mentioned one of them. Tucker tries to Trojan horse these white supremacist talking points on his show by, by doing the following. I'm just asking questions. Can't we just ask questions? Here, let me Trojan horse it by asking a question. By doing this repeatedly, you move the Overton window of, of what is once what was considered forbidden that is now considered acceptable discourse, right? Then the second thing they do is, oh, we're just kidding. Well, we're just joking. Or we're just entertainers, right? And you saw that lawsuit where that judge said that Tucker Carlson in Fox, Fox, quote, unquote, I don't even say news, but Fox says, oh, Tucker Carlson isn't a journalist. You know, it's it's more entertainment. So we're not just journalists. We're, we're not reporters. We're just entertainers. Uh, we're just joking. These are just jokes. And then the third thing they do is uh, projection, deflection. 
they project onto the majority what they're actually doing. It's actually you, the left, that's radical. It's actually you, the liberals, who are racist. In fact, you and Otis are the race hustlers playing the race game by calling everyone else a racist. That's your deflection. You call all of us white supremacists. And what we say is, no, I'm calling you a white supremacist because you act and behave and talk like a white supremacist. And the failure of institutions and the majority and many, not you, but many of our media colleagues is they fall for it like Charlie Brown and Lucy in the football episode. And they do a both sides analysis. And by doing a both sides analysis, you say, oh, look, Ilhan Umar wears hijab and AOC said defund the police. That's the same thing as the right wing with its wealth of white supremacist talking points. <laughs> both sides are extreme. And that's how you launder and mainstream and Trojan horse what was once fringe white supremacist talking points into mainstream talking points that are now believed by half of Republican voters and a third of American voters. And this is how you normalize hate. It's happening right before our eyes. Well, Peter writes, Tucker Carlson is a prolific proponent of replacement theory, but he never is confronted or questioned about this. The Constitution protects his right to express his views, but it does not protect him from being challenged for them. Correct. How do your guests think we could hold people like Tucker Carlson accountable? You say correct. Waj, what do you think? Absolutely. Look, we, we like I want to go back to the peanut analogy. Uh, the majority of the institutions and the majority in America have always, always knelt and taken a knee to the fake victimhood and grievance of right wing politics. Mm-hmm. And so the majority is Charlie Brown and Tucker Carlson and his base are like Lucy. And we're like, OK, this time, if we're nice to you, if we give you an olive branch, if we do both sides, if we give you equal time, do you promise? Do you promise to be good and you promise to follow the law and you promise not to support a violent insurrection and you promise not to suppress our votes and you promise not to pack the courts and you promise not to spread conspiracy theories and lucy's like "Uh uh-huh and then charlie brown runs and lucy just picks up the football and laughs at us right that's what happens and when it comes to the reader or the listener excuse me who sent the question you're absolutely correct look we as a society have certain rules of conduct sure you have the free speech to say what you want but then usually we have also our uh if you will moral and and ethical integrity to say, okay, we're not going to give the KKK a platform. They can do their marches, but we're not going to invite them on our TV shows and our radio stations. And if we do, we're going to challenge them and dismantle them. What we do instead is that we coddle, we coddle and we normalize. Mm -hmm. And the reason why we do this, and I'll say this as a person of color, and I know this might hit hard, is because the way most of my peers, many white journalists coddled and normalized Trump and ignored the warnings of their peers and colleagues of color is because the hate that they promoted did not affect them. It did not affect their families. It did not affect their communities. And as such, they could pretend to be empires calling balls and strikes and just doing a both sides analysis because it did not affect them. So they didn't care. And the rest of us said, listen, this is a threat to America. This is a threat to our safety. This is not normal. It's not worth the ratings. It's not worth the access. You do not know what type of beast you are strengthening and unleashing. And voila, here we have it where Tucker Carlson now doesn't even have to apologize for it. He takes that New York Times newspaper, which is an exhaustive review of all of his shows and concluded that it's one of the most racist shows on Mm -hmm. earth promoting white supremacist conspiracy theories. And you know what he did? He took a photo of himself himself smiling with the biggest grin. Yes. (laughs) We're talking about how hate ideology is disseminated in speech. 
And we're talking about that with Wajahat Ali, who wrote a piece for the Daily Beast titled Republicans Must Answer for Great Replacement Theory Violence. Otis Taylor is with us, supervising senior editor of Race and Equity at KQED. And I want to bring into the conversation now Teresa Drenick, Deputy Director of Anti-Defamation League's Central Pacific Region. Teresa Drenick, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for having me this morning. Good morning. Good morning. So I want to now talk about how this speech ends up being turned into actions and horrific, deadly actions like the ones that we are witnessing. First, from your research, who are the people that put this hate speech into action? What are the data showing you? The data is showing that um, throughout the United States, we are seeing just an incredible rise and proliferation of white supremacist propaganda. In fact, the Anti-Defamation League um, issued our most recent study that shows propaganda distribution remains at historic levels across the entire country in 2021. We reported um, over 4,800 cases of racist, anti-Semitic, and other hateful messages that proliferate throughout the internet, throughout banners, um, flyer drops, stickers that we see put up on campuses, uh, in neighborhoods. And, you know, we're not seeing an end to this. Can I ask you how the internet influences, the way that it plays out on the internet influences people's determination to commit these acts? Certainly. I mean, one of the things that I think is, is, really important to think about is many studies will show specific hate groups or supremacist groups that uh, live in or operate out of a state, but given the rise of social media and the ease with which messaging can be sent, you know, instantaneously throughout the cyberspace, these groups are operating everywhere all the time and influencing young people, influencing uh, people who are, are going to these websites. And and it's, it's a new phenomenon and it's a growing phenomenon that we're seeing. We're talking with Teresa Drenick, Deputy Director of the Anti-Defamation League Central Pacific Region. We're talking about, in the wake of this weekend's multiple mass shootings, how the expression of hate and ideology and speech leads to deadly consequences. 866-733-6786 is the number if you want to join the conversation. You can email us, forum at kqed.org, or find us on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram at KQED Forum. We will have more after the break. You are listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com.
We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. You're listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. We're talking today about hate ideology, speech, crimes, and how they are put into action. As the back-to-back mass shootings this weekend have left most of us reeling. Ten people are dead in Buffalo, New York. One person is dead and several critically wounded in Laguna Woods, California. Writer Wajat Ali is with us. KQED senior editor Otis R. Taylor Jr. is with us. Teresa Drenick of the Anti-Defamation League is with us. And so are you, our listeners. Have you encountered the Great Replacement Theory? What questions do you have? What reactions do you have to this weekend's events or to what you're hearing us discuss today? You can email your questions to forum at kqed.org. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. We're at KQED Forum. The number is 866-733-6786 if you want to call. And let me go to Penny in Sacramento. Hi, Penny. Hi. Go ahead. So, um, no, Penny, I'm afraid we are having difficulty hearing your connection, but but try to call back if you could. Uh, Let me read next Curtis's point. Curtis writes, although the right-wing politicians and Fox News are the lead promoters of this hateful propaganda, the replacement theory mentality is alive and well and firmly institutionalized in the most liberal democratic local government offices right here in California. Hiring and promoting is still substantially controlled by white political leaders and white bureaucrats. The deck is stacked. And because of this, our racial day of reckoning for equity and fairness is still virtually unattainable. Danny tweets, isn't replacement theory motivation for the pending Supreme Court ruling that is set to overturn abortion rights? Is the rationale to expand the domestic supply of babies? Do you hear tenets of that, Otis? I know you mentioned earlier that you hear it in pro-life rhetoric. Oh, of course. Uh, Mina, what we're seeing is um, a country that has their education is based on these conspiracy theories. Um, And I want to point out what um, Wash had pointed out, that these false balances, this is really an indictment of journalism. Uh, The voter suppression that we're seeing Mm. throughout the South, um, the possible end to women having a choice about their reproductive rights, um, that has been printed. We did that as journalists. The racism that exists and has existed in this country, we did that. It's been going on since emancipation. And we have not risen to the moment. It took a man dying and his death being broadcast across social media for our profession to have a reckoning where we are responding to people who are openly and boldly um, espousing racist ideology, as Wash pointed out, um, where we have a number three ranking Republicans saying things that are out of bounds, but then saying, hey, I have never said anything racist. Uh, but to the point about our state, California, uh, the person in line to be the Speaker of the House, if Republicans gain control of that chamber this fall, is has an adversarial relationship to the truth. 
This person who represents California does not has not stood past fast on the fact that the big lie that the former president has promoted is in fact a lie. And so this this push for racial equity, um, it's still a long ways away in California because we are still represented by people who are beholden to a white supremacist ideology. Well, let me go to caller Giselle in Oceana on the Central Coast. Hi, Giselle. Hi. It's great to listen to your show. This is an important discussion. Thank you. What What's on your mind, Giselle? Um, my Basically, my question is, what co- would constitute the legal elements of racism? And I... I am very much in favor of an integrated free society. But when you get into a court situation, let's say you feel you've been the victim of racism without it being so overtly racist, you know, it's very a sophisticated uh, racist can kind of fly under the radar because, you know, the court, looks at the fact situation and has to find elements that would elevate it to a governmental issue where they need to stop an action that harms society as as a whole. Well, let me put your question to Teresa Drenick. What do you think, Teresa, in terms of legally trying to fight racism and defining it in law? Mm-hmm. Well, as you know, we, the First Amendment, as your um, question, the woman on the line is saying, this First Amendment is very broad in allowing free speech and free expression. However, it cannot go so far as to incite violence that is going to eventually result in, you know, death or or harming people. And also, I think it's very important for us to always talk about the difference between anti-Semitic or racist incidents and what then crosses over into illegal um, actions, something that can be prosecuted in a court of law, actual hate crimes. Of course, what we saw this weekend in Buffalo there is no question that not only is this a crime of unthinkable magnitude, but also falls within a hate crime. And however, there are other times where an incident is clearly motivated by hate, by racism, by anti-Semitism, but because of the way our laws are structured, the incident cannot be prosecuted as an actual criminal offense. Well, Ruth writes, this replacement theory actually started back in the 1870s when many poor blacks moved to Indiana. The KKK felt threatened at the polls. This started out as a voter suppression move and continues as such today. Uh, Teresa Drenick, we are hearing about recent examples, past examples of replacement theory. We've I've seen multiple uh, different places where it's being pointed at, that this is sort of the origin of this theory. But one thing they all have in common is the fact that this has been with us for a very long time. I think the question that I'm wondering is, 
Has it seen a resurgence or has it always been there? I think that as your other guests have mentioned, it has always been here and been with us. In the past several years, we have seen a resurgence and a terrifying growth in the replacement theory. And then the, the um, incidents that are, that are growing up out of it. And I have some statistics that I can share with you and your listeners that focus on California in, in particular. And as I stated earlier, the white supremacist propaganda that we are seeing is just um, growing every year and, and is reaching historic levels. And also the Anti-Defamation League recently issued our um, audit of anti-Semitic incidents for the country and looking specifically at our state, at California, at a state that most are so proud of being um, open and liberal and embracing of, of everyone, we saw here in California a 27% increase in anti-Semitic incidents in 2021 over 2020. Um, harassment and vandalism of Jewish people saw a 23% increase and a 25% increase respectively. And we are alarmed by a soaring uptick in these anti in anti-Semitic assaults in the Golden State. Um, so yes, it is alive, it is with us and it's in a terrifying way growing throughout our country and our state. So it's growing. V in Mina, Berkeley is on the line. Yeah, Wajah, go ahead. No, it says in response also to the to the to the, uh, to the uh, listener who called in about um, you know the legal rights. If you're paying attention, this is very deliberate because what they're saying is, oh, all these unenumerated rights in the Constitution they should belong to the states. So what you're seeing in the rollback on Roe, and then you've also heard very explicitly. Senator Braun, a Republican, say, well, I don't like Loving v. Virginia, for those of you who don't know. Loving v. Virginia allowed interracial marriage, which was uh, illegal in this country before 1971. And then also you have Eisenstadt and Griswold, which allowed the right to contraceptions. They don't like that either. If you're paying attention, that's the right to privacy. These are now like fundamental rights that Americans believe were constitutionally protected and sacrosanct. And now they're rolling it back. And some have even said, yeah, I don't like Brown versus Board of Education. And if you if you pay attention to Brown versus Board of Education, that was the one, ladies and gentlemen, that said, yeah, segregation is unconstitutional. So what they're saying is leave it to the states. And that's where you lose federal protection for oftentimes marginalized communities and for our rights right through the 14th Amendment. And they're saying, no, 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 there's no precedent for it. It's not in the Constitution. It should go to the states. And now you're seeing if you're paying attention, this type of uh, second class status for women emerge in these states that have these, uh, you know, bills ready to go once Roe v. Wade dies. And then it's part and parcel. I want to just, again, reiterate this. It's not just black, anti-blackness. It's not just Islamophobia. It's not just anti-Semitism. It's not just anti-immigrant. It's also anti-woman. It's also anti-LGBTQ. All of these are seen as forces that are, quote unquote, replacing and weakening white men in America and Europe. I just want to, again, stress that. And the legal component is a very deliberate strategic component to effectuate this plan. And I, I absolutely agree with, with that 100%. And it's not only is it uh, terrifying to see the federal protections 
perhaps crumbling, but we're also going to then see fracture within our country with one state allowing and another state not. And everyone needs to pay attention to what's happening at the Supreme Court level. Teresa Drenick of the Anti-Defamation League, also Wajahat Ali, who's the author of Go Back to Where You Came From, and Otis Taylor of KQED. And you are listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. V, thanks for waiting. Go right ahead. Hi. Well, I I just want to, I don't think this conversation is deep enough. This, yes, the um, replacement theory and the overt racism is what you're seeing now, but it's always been in the minds of most white people. Let's be honest. This is the way we were raised. It wasn't until 1970 that inter- interracial marriage was allowed, but it's, it's cultural. It's, you watch the old movies, how people are disrespected. I mean, I was part of an organization in the 90s that was trying to get the government to talk about um, rate of terrorism, local terrorism, when they were burning black churches. Every week, another black church was being burned. It, racism and the fact that whiteness is superior is part of how most white people have been raised since they came to this country. They're still being raised that way. Yes, you go to school and you learn that it is different, but this is the very deep fabric and cultural fabric of our country. And until the left or the Democrats stop being smug and say, I'm not as racist as Tucker Carlson, but look at their own internal racism. Look at the racism in the Democratic Party that allowed the Republican Party to frame all of these arguments for the past 40 years because they did not because it's just part of who you are being white in America. It's part of who you're raised, and it's part of who we are as people of color to know that this is true, to know your place. Now it is out there in the open. But until we all realize that we've all been poisoned by this ideology and that this ideology is now coming to fruition, we're never going to get a handle of it because you're going to sit around and think, that's not me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I v, didn't think like that, but you do. V so in Yeah, thank you for making your point, V in Berkeley. And to dovetail on V's point, Ernst writes, it is clear that the trend of history in the U.S. is towards fascism and racism. I have no agency to change anything. How do we learn to live happily in a terrible state? We are unable to change. Another listener, Sue, writes, could guess recommend specifically what reporters and the rest of us can do about this. And so I'm going to start with you, Otis. Okay, so just briefly, uh, what we're seeing is uh, what I believe is a lack of representation. The Bay Area is 60% people of color. California state is majority people of color. But the majority of representatives in Sacramento and in Bay Area politics are white people. In fact, in the Bay Area, it's 60 percent white people who represent the majority people of color. Take the 8th District in California, newly created, organized by people of color who wanted a person of color, someone who knew their communities in Richmond and Vallejo to represent them. What did they get? 
They got John Garamendi, a 77-year-old white man who moved over to the district. He was district shopping. The Democratic Party, state Democratic Party, declared him the incumbent. And when my reporters went to ask questions, they were told, you know, a shrug. He is the best one for the job. So what, uh, for Otis's representation, what is the answer for you? Very good Wajahat? question. I, yeah, hello, can you hear me? I can now. Okay, so what I will say is I get asked this question a lot, is that I'm nobody, and I'm not on TV like you, and what can I do? I'm overwhelmed. There's so many problems, and I always say, I love nobodies. My, some of my favorite people are nobodies. I'm a nobody. And at the end of the day, we can only control our own intentions and our own actions, and I understand that everyone's overwhelmed. And so what I would recommend people doing is the following. Number one, have awareness. Be aware of what's happening in this country. Number two, make an intention to do something. And number three, then act. Act at the local level. First and foremost, act at the local level. Specifically, these forces that want to literally flatten us and violently remove us are taking over school boards, city councils, medical boards. There's no reason why you, yes, you listening right now, cannot run for office. Look at some of the Republicans who are elected. The bar is low. I want you to run for office. I want you to represent yourself and your community. I want you to show up. What they want us to do is be intimidated. So even when it comes to school boards and this BS CRT bans, it was just a few of them. The majority has always been against it. But what happens? We get intimidated. We don't show up. They take over. They want us to cede the ground. We have the numbers. We just need to flex the numbers. We yes. have the majority, as Otis said, 60%. And then finally, what I'd say is be the America you want this country to be in your daily actions. If you're a parent, model this type of language and these values in your home. You are, you'll be influencing uh, generations. If you're at a workplace, speak up, speak out, speak out for others to change the culture of your workplace, right? Look for equity, equal wages, opportunities. Reach out to folks who are marginalized and try to bring them in. Mentor them. Uh, when it comes to media, call up your local newspaper, be the resource for them, or speak up, say something like, hey, how come you didn't have a voice talking about X, Y, and Z? Uh, and then also finally vote if you can, because the largest group uh, that does not vote is the people who can vote but don't vote, right? Everyone says Republicans and Democrats. Uh, the biggest chunk of the pie are people who are eligible to vote in this country and they choose not to vote. You have to vote. Don't both sides of this. Don't be on the sidelines. Don't choose apathy. Don't choose cynicism. We have to have you to invest in hope and invest in this country. And that means getting in the ring and being made to be felt uncomfortable and making other people feel uncomfortable. This is the only way, ladies and gentlemen. The final thing I'll say is you have to build a multicultural coalition of the willing. If there's anything from this past hour that we've all agreed upon is that this is affecting all of us. So reach out and link up with other groups because we have the numbers. We have the numbers. We have to flex them. Wajahad Ali is author of Go Back to Where You Came From, his recent Daily Beast articles, Republicans Must Answer for Great Replacement Theory. Otis R. Taylor is supervising senior editor of Race and Equity at KQED, and Teresa Drenning is deputy director of the Anti-Defamation League Central Pacific Region. You are listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio, the Germanicos Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, and the Heising-Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. 
Set ten years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.